Curiosity is a production of WDET in Detroit. Visit us at WDET.org slash curious. I'm Anna-Marie Seisling, and this is Curiosity, where WDET finds the answers to your questions about everything Detroit. Here we go. This is Danielle Kaltz from Detroit, Michigan. I visited the Detroit Institute of Arts, Diego Rivera and Frieda Kala exhibition recently, and I saw a few things referencing the 1932 Ford Hunger March in Detroit. I'm curious to learn more about this moment in history, and if there are any parallels in terms of regional poverty today and in the 1930s. The Ford Hunger March, also known as the Ford Massacre, was a demonstration held by unemployed workers that stretched from Detroit to Dearborn, specifically to the Ford River Rouge Complex, Ford's biggest factory, the biggest in the world at the time. The march resulted in four workers being shot and killed by Dearborn police and Ford Motor Company security guards. A few months later, a fifth person died of his injuries, and over 60 workers were injured. To find out more about this moment in history and the impact it had on workers' rights, we got in touch with someone who knows a lot about the history of organized labor in Detroit. Mike Smith, archivist for the Michigan Historical Collections at the Bentley Historical Library, University of Michigan. Imagine the scene, Detroit in the 1930s. The stock market crashed in October 1929. By 1932, when Diego Rivera and Frida Kahlo came to Detroit to uh, do their magnificent murals, or his magnificent murals, this was the depths of the Depression. Nationally, you have 25% unemployment, about double of what we had in this recent recession. In Detroit, unemployment was roughly 50%. This is the Southwest, the L.A. of the 20th century. 1900, 286,000 people uh, when the Depression began. 1929, 1.6 million. And the key thing is tied to the automobile industry. And that means when the auto industry lost sales, many people lost work. People began to protest the horrid financial conditions, and they began to organize demonstrations. In Metro Detroit, the Young Communist League and the Detroit Unemployed Council organized a march. Now, at this time, in 1932-33, unions are small. In Detroit, they they are not large in numbers. And this was also the era where people are looking for political alternatives, such as socialism or communism. Never large in this country, but still, this was the heyday of it because people are looking to alternatives because there is no government support. There is no government uh, uh, welfare or government social security at this point. Uh, Of course, in this country, when you say communist, there's often the image of... uh, If a person supports organizations which reflect communist teachings or organizations labeled communist by the Department of Justice, she may be a communist. So the people who organize this, depending on who you are, they're either people searching for a solution, searching for jobs, or they're people who are radicals and militants. Regardless, the mayor of Detroit, Frank Murphy, who went on to be the governor during the Great Flint sit-down, I might add, he says we should let these people march. And they did. And it was mainly a march for, please, we need jobs, we need work, I need to feed my family. Nearly 100,000 people a day went to work at the Rouge Complex. That's like taking the whole population of Lansing and putting them in uh, one factory over the course of a day. But there had been massive layoffs, many people living on a welfare allowance of just 15 cents a day. So the unemployed workers group decided to take a stand. According to a case study about the march by labor lawyer Maurice Sugar, on March 7, 1932, the marchers gathered in Detroit, one block from the city limit, about a mile from the plant. 
they proceeded from the city limits of Dearborn down Miller Road to the employment gate at the Ford plant. The crowd grew slowly, swelling as groups of unemployed Ford workers began to arrive and students showed up. A large number of Ford workers who had been laid off that very day joined in. There were suddenly thousands of people ready to march and present their demands to Henry Ford. Jobs for all laid off Ford workers. Immediate payment of 50% of full wages. Free medical aid in the Ford Hospital for all employed and unemployed Ford workers and their families. Full wages for part-time workers. Those were just some of the demands. Although it wasn't a union event, it took on the tone of an organized labor protest more than a hunger march by the unemployed. When the group approached Dearborn city limits, they were met by about 50 police using tear gas and Ford's private security force, led by Harry Bennett. A thug, a goon, who really turned the Ford Motor Company production facilities, especially in this area, into a virtual police state. Uh, Henry Ford liked Harry Bennett's toughness. Historians say at this time, police had received little training in crowd control. So after the police began to fill the air with tear gas, the workers fought back by throwing stones at the oncoming officers. Police responded with gunshots, while firefighters blasted water from their powerful hoses at the marchers. A siege developed, and the union leaders and the unemployed council called off the demonstration. Everyone arrested was a worker. Not a single police officer received a bullet wound. The press vilified the marchers as communist radicals, and Bennett was characterized as a peacemaker. But Henry Ford was already unpopular among some middle-class workers. So despite the news reports, popular opinion was on the side of those who participated in the hunger march. Within a few days of the march, Ford discharged thousands of workers. If there was any suspicion that a worker was even sympathetic to the hunger marchers' cause, they were let go. If you're on the shop floor... In 1935, and you start speaking about uh, labor organizing, you were escorted out. In fact, Henry Ford was the last of the big three to organize. Uh, uh, ironically, he gave the UAW its best contract because if he was going to be organized, he didn't want to be outdone by GM and Chrysler. And there you have it. For more about the Hunger March, visit WDET.org curious. There you can also let us know what you're curious about in Detroit or the region. And thanks for listening. I'm Anna Marie Seisling.